Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 205 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. Uh, this morning, Ray and I are very quickly <laughs> jumping into this show because we are on a limited time schedule. How are you doing today, Ray? Man, I'm doing good. Summer is here. <laughs> Summer is here and, uh, you know, people are coming out of their homes for the first time in a year, myself included. And uh, wow, there's just a lot of things going on right now, I feel like. <laughs> you, absolutely, uh, absolutely. Yeah. You're, I know you're on, on, you know, your summer break has started, but you're planning a, a pretty uh, massive road trip, right? Yeah, we're leaving on the 5th, and okay. uh, that it, we're going to be gone until the 27th. <laughs> wow. Yeah, it's going to be three full weeks. Wow, yeah. So I'm actually leaving on a road trip on the 5th as well now. Oh, Wow. That kind of came up, yeah, suddenly, but I'm excited about it. I know you and I have talked about your road trip, which mm-hmm. is, gosh, like three weeks almost, it sounds yeah, like. Yeah, it's going to be a long three-week thing. <laughs> well, you know, as we've sort of talked about on the show a little bit last week, uh, or was it last week? Maybe the week before it was my birthday, and uh, I spent you know the weekend out in Palm Springs and with friends and coworkers, and then get to hang out with, hang out with you, and it was great. Um, and since then I've had people reaching out and saying, Hey, it was your birthday. We, we should hang out. We should do something. And which is awesome. You know, like mm-hmm, I, mm-hmm. The, and, and I'm, and he, here's the thing though, right? Like I'm not, I'm not just bragging about how many friends want to celebrate my birthday. <laughs> I think, I think like my birthday is kind of like the most recent thing that a few people that I know, like have to say, like. Hey, let's go do something. Like, let's right, right. It's the it's the it's the first excuse they have post uh, pandemic, <laughs> right? And it's also you know it, it's also right before summer solstice, and that's a big deal to you know a lot of people in my community. And so oh. they want to celebrate. They want to go out and um, and then a, a couple of my uh, coworkers um, brought up on the trip to Palm Springs that they wanted to take a road trip, a camping trip, actually. And they know that I've I've done that in the past. I don't think I've talked about it on this show, but I've for three years in a row, I uh, I went out and I I created this map of hidden natural swimming holes or swimming pools in the in the mountains that you had to hike to get to. Mm-hmm. And I did a ton of research back in 2015, I think. And I created this map and I planned this, this camping trip and I did it the next three years, 2016, 2017, 2018. Um, and I didn't do it in 2019. And then obviously 2020 was what 2020 was. Uh, <laughs> and uh, I haven't done it since, but I shared it with my friends while I was doing it. And, you know, people are always interested, but nothing ever came of it, uh, of them joining me. And then now all of a sudden my friends are like, we should do this. And I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, when can we do it? And it, ended up being next week (laughs) (laughs) surprise (laughs) yeah so uh so i obviously my road trip is not going to be quite as long as yours but uh i'm really looking forward to it it's going to be about a week i'll be out of town uh and we basically travel to we start in the i think it's sierra national forest which is the southernmost in northern california Mm -hmm. 
And over the course of five days, we go all the way up through Yosemite and past above Yosemite. Um, wow. Yeah. So it's been a while since I've done this trip. I'm really excited to do it with my friends. Um, and so I have been planning that, Joe. I mean, you, you, I don't have to tell you how much planning go, needs to go into a road trip. Uh, right, e- right. Even just a week-long road trip where we're camping in different places every day and getting together our materials and supplies. So, like, literally, that's that's what I've been working on the last, <laughs> the last several days. <laughs> in addition to, you know, um, hosting friends that are coming to visit, uh, going out with friends and, you know, meeting them, you know, fun places and all kinds of stuff. So, yeah. That's awesome. That's yeah. very cool. I, we might be up in Yosemite around the same time. That is amazing. <laughs> no way. Yeah. That's so I, when I get a chance, I'll sit down with Matt and try to remember. But yeah, send me a somebody your itinerary. Yeah, for I'll sure. See if we can, like um, match them up. <laughs> that is so funny. Yeah. Absolutely. So, um, in obviously in between all of this, I've you know. Uh, got a chance to watch the new episode of Loki, which I'm excited to talk to you about today because I feel like the show is starting to take shape. Yes. Yeah. I, I, I really did enjoy this last episode. Um, I think it feels like it's starting to kind of make sense as to what it's trying to lead to. I'm actually really excited about some of the stuff that it's supposed to, um, you know, that it might lead to that people are kind of theorizing. So yeah, yeah. it should be fun. Cool. So, what have you been up to this week, Joe? Um, other than <laughs> other than a lot of audio editing, because I'm trying to get as many podcasts pre-recorded and pre-edited before we leave. I don't think I'm going to be able to make it. I think there's going to be editing on my trip. Um, oh, wow! Yeah, it's just the way it's going to be. But uh, we are doing, still doing the Marvel rewatch. Watch. Um, we did really well this past week where we were doing one every day. Wow. And so we did Ant-Man, Captain America, Civil War, Spider-Man Homecoming, and Doctor Strange. Wow. And so those were a lot of like, okay, so one of my big concerns was, am I going to enjoy Ant-Man as much as I did the first time? Because again, most of these Marvel movies, I've only watched once. Yeah. And absolutely loved it. I was like, there's a reason why I enjoy this movie so much. Um it just, just it just makes you smile a lot. What, uh, what? So I mean, you had a lot of affection for that movie the first time you saw it. Mm-hmm. Uh, what jumped out at you the second time you saw it in terms of like, um, was it the same reasons as the first time that you loved it so much, or were there new things that that jumped out to you? I think for the most part, it was the um, the. <sighs> just the, the the lightheartedness of it all. And I just really enjoy the character that Paul Rudd created. Like it's yeah. f- fun to watch him. Um, I, I love watching it in the sequence in this sequence, because when it's this close to the, to when it's right before civil war, it it's like, Oh, like there's a real <laughs> reason for this movie to be right here. Yeah. And and it, it leads so nicely into Civil War, which is still probably one of my favorites. I know that some people say story-wise it has a lot of issues, but it also has like one of the most epic fight scenes ever to be put on screen. And so I I have seen Civil War multiple times. It's <laughs> probably it's probably in my top five. I'm shocked that you haven't seen all of the movies multiple times. That always surprises me when when you share that. Yeah, I I think most of it is because, you know, we don't rewatch a lot of stuff in this household. And with my 
driving back and forth as much as I've done over the last several years, um, there's just, you know, I have that reduced amount of time, so I'm using it for other things. Um, now that I have a little bit more time and I'm not going to be driving four hours a day, <laughs> that will um, hopefully open up to, you know, more rewatches in the future. In fact, some people have been talking about uh, on, on Slack how, you know, they really wish they could make these and they really haven't been able to to jump on. And I'm hoping that once we get back in the fall, you know, I can just make le- maybe make it a weekly thing. Maybe we have a, a weekly Marvel night every week and do it again, but do it at a much slower pace at a time that's a lot better for a lot of people. I'm just trying to get this yeah. in before I go on my vacation yeah. and before Black Widow comes out. Yeah, they, they it's been a lot of fun to follow the comments and stuff, even when I haven't been able to rewatch um it's just fun to see all the reactions and I could even be doing something else and I'll get a notification and I'll look at your post and I know what you're talking about. Like oh, <laughs> I yeah, know oh, what yeah. you're reacting to what you're commenting on. It's pretty great. Yeah. Yeah. So it's been fun. It's been fun to be able to hang out with people while we're, while we're watching. That's always nice, especially since we've gone so long without being able to hang out with people. Yeah. Um, it, I, I kind of wish we had done that. I had done this earlier in the, the pandemic because I feel like it would have been a little bit of socializing that I didn't have before. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's also interesting to be doing this rewatch as we're getting and like we'll continue to be getting so much Marvel content, right? Because they really are, you know, <laughs> the the Infinity Stones are in the rearview mirror, right? They and, really are, yeah, <laughs> in, in a major way. <laughs> and so, um, with everything that's coming out, uh, I feel like it's really interesting to, to see this first saga from a, you know, from a different point of view and how it really laid like a foundation for, they were doing a lot of heavy lifting when they were making these movies. Yeah. Yeah. And you can kind of see when you watch it in chronological order, like we're watching it, it, you, you, that, that, work really becomes very evident because mm-hmm. the movies really do feel like they flow so well mm-hmm. together from one to the other. Like they were meant to be in that order in the first place. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking amazing. Like their story team must work overtime. I, I said to, to, I think I was talking to Chelsea on Slack uh, where I said, I want pictures of the whiteboards when this is all yeah. done. When, when, you know, we've had, 110 Marvel movies and Kevin Feige is 120 years old <laughs> and we are we are just retiring from the Marvel franchise. I want pictures of the whiteboards. I want to see yeah. what went through this process to make everybody um, be able to keep it this cohesive. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um I, uh, one of the friends that I got to talk to and hang out with this week uh, is my friend Prisma, uh, who's a bonafide geek and, uh, always brings a great perspective to, to our geek conversations. And she's over the moon about Loki. Um, uh, mm-hmm. she's excited to listen to this episode and get out when we get it out. And she's, she had some really interesting takes too that I'm excited to share, but, we kept talking about how spoiled we are. <laughs> oh, yeah. We really, really are. I, there was multiple times where I was like, I still can't believe we have Ant-Man on television. I still don't believe we have Vision 
on, right. on on the in these movies. Like I just it just drives me nuts that that we're getting as much stuff as we're getting because it's like we want so much more and we forget how lucky we are to have what we have. Yeah. Yeah. One of the things that I love doing with Rosie now as we're watching these television shows is I'll just bring up the comic book reference image on my fo- on my phone. Mm-hmm. And so as we're watching WandaVision, when white vision pops up and she's like, oh, my God, what was that? And I just kind of like hold up my phone mm-hmm. <laughs> to like the drawing mm-hmm. of white vision for the comics. And she's like, no way. This is all from the comics. Like it's, it's kind of our refrain. Like as we watch these things, this is all from the comics. Mm-hmm. <laughs> this is, this all has some form of precedence in the comic books. Um, and yeah, it's just a good reminder that, you know, these stories have been going on forever. So Marvel has so much stuff to draw from. Right. And I think they're doing a great job of kind of taking all of these stories and reimagining them in an order and in a, uh, concept conceptual way that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Um, because I mean, let's face it, comic book, um, chronology <laughs> is a big mess. <laughs> like, there's a reason why DC every like five years reboots their entire universe because yeah. it's just confusing and things don't make sense. And retcons like change 30 years of, of uh, stories and how you look at them. And so to be able to have that perspective of like, I think they just celebrated their 80th year of, of Marvel, you know, to have 80 years of material that you can now come back and put into some semblance of order so that it makes sense is, is just kind of amazing. Yeah, it is pretty freaking amazing. And we get to benefit from that. Yeah. I see in your lo- your notes that you have leverage listed again. Is this from last week or is this more leverage goodness this week that you managed to get in? When I am not like prepping for our trip or editing or doing a Marvel rewatch, like the energy I have left i just i just sit in the 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 lounge and watch leverage (laughs) (laughs) it is currently my happy place right now it is low investment television it is uh i love heist films and heist anything so i mean that's that's another reason why i loved ant-man so much is it's basically just a heist film Mm -hmm. um but it's a heist film set in the marvel universe and yeah, it just makes me happy. So Leverage has been fun. I'm on season two. Um, I think there's five seasons. And then sometime next month, they're supposed to be launching a new series. Um, that's like a continuation of the first with a few different characters. Um, but yeah, so that's been a lot of fun. Cool. <laughs> I know we're, we're going to we're gonna take a break soon and, and move on to our Loki discussion because we don't have a lot of time today. Right. Uh, I just... I just I have to say something about all of the um, <laughs> all of the do superheroes perform oral sex? Uh, oh, for God's sake! Yes, <laughs> can we please just nod to that? Wait, someday when we're we're you know re-listening to all our old podcast episodes, <laughs> I wanna I wanna remember what was going on during this time. Some of the conversations that are happening. Uh, around superheroes. Oh my can you, god! Can you set the 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 stage for us? Because I think a lot of people are going to be like, "Wait, what did you? What, what 
am I watching? <laughs> this is not Mating Habits of the Modern Geek. What are we talking about here? Oh, God. Uh, yeah, so it started uh, with the question of, and I, I'm trying to remember exactly <laughs> what 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 was the platform or what was the, um, you know, the initial, like, sort of impetus for this, uh, for, for this whole Batman take. <laughs> well, the way I saw it start was a four-frame meme where um, Batman says to Catwoman, I know where all the various nerve endings are in the man's <laughs> body, kind of implying that he knew how to take out a man, you know, in any way by hitting the nerve endings. And, and she goes, and in a woman's too, right? And then he just kind of stares at her blankly and she goes, a, a woman's too, right? <laughs> so, uh, it, okay, it was uh, the, the animated Harley Quinn series, mm-hmm. right? Which is a shitload of fun. Um, I've seen like the first two or three episodes um, and it's really adult humor and really irreverent and um, funny and, and really like pulls on a lot of, you know, sort of comic book lore and makes fun of it and, you know, pokes fun at it and, and it's very tongue in cheek humor. Um, and apparently the, the makers of the show shared on Twitter that they had a scene or a joke that made reference to Batman performing oral sex on, I don't know, uh, I think it was Catwoman. Yeah. And DC, who has to approve everything on the show, basically said, you need to take that out. And they said, why? And DC's response was, heroes don't do that. Oh, DC. You cannot I mean, this do explains that. why you have gotten so many things so right? wrong for <laughs> right. so long. You absolutely cannot do that. Heroes don't do that. And so the the makers of the show said, wait, so here are you just saying heroes are selfish lovers? <laughs> and DC, <laughs> now I think this is where DC went wrong, right? Is they doubled down and they said, mm-hmm. no. You know how we feel about doubling down. <laughs> They said no. It's that we sell consumer toys for hero for for uh, for kids, and it's hard to sell a toy if Batman is also going down on someone. My immediate reaction to this well, so it's so it, I think it's so telling of what we're okay with, mm-hmm. where all of the extremely violent, bloody, you know, like content. Uh, all of the all of the violent stories and actions that Batman is a part of, for some reason, has no issue or bearing whatsoever on selling kid toys to kids, mm-hmm. right? But like a sex act, for sure. Like, there's no way we can even go there. And of course, you know, Twitter exploded <laughs> yeah, <laughs> as, as in, in the best ways possible. <laughs> yeah, and you know, people making jokes about like, do you really think that Catwoman would fuck with Batman if he wasn't doing that? Oh, he's for sure doing that, Catwoman. Um, mm-hmm. Also, why do you think his mask? Why do you think the lower part of his mask is, is missing? You know. <laughs> <laughs> but you know, uh, eventually. You know, we're, we're going to start to get, you know, you know, that point in, in the discussion or in the discourse, Joe, where the the people that are agreeing with you, um, 
how do I put this? It's like even the people on the same side start to disagree with each other where there are times where, you know, I'll have a certain position on a conversation, an issue, whatever. And even people on my same side, I'm looking at their, uh, their justification and I'm going, no, no, not like, that's not, <laughs> like right I that we agree. <laughs> yeah. I understand that we agree, but my reasons are not the same as your reasons and your reasons are bad actually. <laughs> uh, and it's always around the time when Zack Snyder decides to, you know, <laughs> to join the conversation. <laughs> oh God. And so he publishes, he posts this, this drawing of, Batman actually performing oral sex on Catwoman. And he just says, it's canon. And everyone's just like, ugh, collective groan. Like, why, why do you have to be such an edgelord? Well, just, ex- just explains explains that he, where he feels he is in the universe. He really feels like he has the the authority (laughs) to to declare it so (laughs) i don't think he does exactly i don't think he does yeah unless he's willing to put it in one of his movies which i'm sure he would be um uh (laughs) but let's hope he doesn't get a chance to ever again um yeah i i Zack Snyder, just stay in your lane, dude. Like from is- episode one of this podcast, <laughs> we have been saying you need to stay in your lane. Yeah, it's two hundred and five episodes of us telling you you have to stay in your lane. Please, somebody send them all these episodes. Even uh, even his his opinions that I agree with, it just he has a way of stating his opinions that is just really tone deaf. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But of course, there's been some really great affirmations, like sex positive affirmations from like Batman fans. Um, who was it that shared the great? Uh, I think it was a needlepoint um, image on the Slack. Yes, um, um, I want to make sure I, she gets probably for that. was, was it Steph. It was either Steph or Chelsea, I think. Oh, I think it was Steph. It was perfect. And someone's like, oh, yeah, that needs to go on my wall. <laughs> it's so great. <laughs> um, and, uh, you know, there's also been some fun stories that have come out. For instance, um, uh, uh, there was someone shared an anecdote or a story of Adam West, the 1960s Batman, mm-hmm. and um, and Frank Gorshin, who's also on the show, getting mm-hmm. kicked out of a Hollywood orgy because they wouldn't break character. <laughs> Adam West as Batman, uh, Frank Gorshin as the Riddler uh, in the 60s at a Hollywood orgy, and they're in character. That's awesome. Like, (laughs) and they got kicked out for it. (laughs) See, you know what? That's just two people just having a good time because they're not taking life so seriously. I feel like we need more of that in our world. Oh, I just found the meme that you were talking about. That's so great. Uh, so, yeah. So, it's been a really interesting, uh, you know, superhero uh, discussion week, I guess, or two weeks that this has been going on. And I just wanted to make sure that we, we you know, paid it some lip service, no pun intended, uh, on the show. <laughs> uh, yeah. It's strange. We live in strange times, Ray. Yeah. Like, we, like... You know, we're sitting there going, we we love the fact that we've got all this Marvel stuff, and we also are getting 
DC's sexual practices <laughs> of DC heroes. DC's all over the place. It's, you know, it's messy, but it can be entertaining sometimes when it's not cringe. Yeah. <laughs> then enter Zack Snyder. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> <There's a cringe. laughs> That's when, you know, yeah, when that person shows up to the party, you know, the party's over. There you go. Mm. Cool. Let's let's get into Loki. All right. Let's we're gonna stop real fast. Let this uh get us to our um our commercial break, and then we will be right back with episodes two and three of Loki. When toxic culture has you down. When you're just looking to laugh and have fun. Kick back and enjoy watching a video game. Or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the Geek2Geek Media Network. A community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like... Video games! Star Wars! Comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep. And each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes. Keanu. And we're back. And we are talking about episodes two and three of Loki. Um, but before we get into that, I do want to say, did you hear about all the, the WandaVision stuff that was kind of... No. This year? Tell me. Week? Okay, so apparently... Doctor Strange was supposed to be in WandaVision. But because of COVID, they were limited in how much they could use him. And so at the end of the day, they felt like the story was stronger without him being involved. And so it didn't take away from Wanda's story, which I think probably was the right thing to do. But he is the reason for all the commercials in WandaVision. That was the original plan? That is the original plan, is that he... So, oh. I, and I pretty much think this is canon as far as what their version of the story is going to be. And they may even, we may even see, like, parts of this put into the um, the Doctor Strange 2 movie, is that he obviously felt the Nexus thing go up. Like, everybody's like, well, how did... How did um, Doctor Strange not know that this happened and right. uh, they said well he did like it set off every alarm he has but mm. because of her magic and the way it works he couldn't teleport in there mm. so he started sending her subliminal messages that manifested themselves as these commercials to try and kind of break her out of it and explain to her what was going on and so each of them were kind of what everybody explained to them um you know, we've we've all said, okay, this probably represents this, and this probably those are all pretty much the same that we've discussed. Um, the the yo magic <coughs> yogurt commercial type of thing was yeah. was basically him saying you're you know her him warning her about um, uh, what's her face Agatha, right, right. And so I think that's one that people were a little bit more confused about, but that she was basically eating your magic. <laughs> um, right. And so that was a big 
reveal this week is that yes because everybody's been like well why doesn't dr strange show up how come dr strange didn't show up wouldn't he have shown up to something like this this is a big deal and he was actually supposed to show up and teach wanda how to use magic and they had to go back and re um record some stuff where she said when she was doing the hexes on the hex bubble she was doing the runes um Mm -hmm. and she says i nobody had to teach me um they had to add that in because they originally had her being taught by Doctor Strange. Oh, okay. That, yeah, that makes sense. And I wonder how far into the process Doctor Strange made it before they made the call to, to switch it. The editing, the final editing room floor. No way. Yeah, that's what they were saying. They were saying that basically the way Marvel does a lot of things and it kind of messes up. It it explains why we don't feel like they've stuck their landings necessarily on the last two seasons is because the way they make Marvel films apparently is they just record everything. They record five different variations of things, which has yeah. the which has the benefit of not letting Tom Holland know what exactly is going on. Um, so we can't spoil it for everybody. <laughs> but right. um, but then they they try and kind of reassemble it in the editing room to see what looks and makes the most sense. So there are definitely things that they record that they don't need to, that they go, okay, um, we're just going to take this out because it's not going to it's not going to work. Or hey, maybe this is the way we need to go with this story, which I think is very interesting. Yeah, you know, it, it's really telling. Um, I feel like you can also see in the show in each show how having to make last minute changes affects the quality of the show. I still, I mean, I still enjoy all of these Disney Plus shows, obviously, but. With Falcon and the Winter Soldier, which which Rosie and I are still in, in the middle of our rewatch, well, my rewatch, her first watch of that show, um, you know, it, it's been well documented and shared that they changed a lot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, there was a whole pandemic uh, storyline that they changed. Uh, there were major characters that were cut out or their roles severely shortened. And you can see, I think, the clunkiness that sort of results from that in in certain spots in the story mm-hmm, mm-hmm. with WandaVision. It's really strong. I think the very end is a little bit clunky. Doesn't, you know, live up to everything that the show was then the lead up, but still extremely enjoyable. Yeah. And hearing this news about Dr. Strange, it's like, okay, huh? So the ending, you know, was originally planted to go differently. And I think with Loki, it, we're getting the, you know, this is the full intent. This is what we planned. This is we made what we wanted to make mm-hmm, from mm-hmm. beginning to end. And you can really feel that so far with this show, at least for me. Yeah. This, this show feels like when we saw Captain America, winter soldier for the first time and went, Oh shit. <laughs> Marvel yeah. has upped its game. Like they figured it out. They have the recipe. They have the formula, you know, such as it is. And we're we're all going to benefit from that, and that's what Loki feels like so far. Yeah, I would agree. I would agree, and I'm enjoying Loki. I really am. Like, I think I was a little worried because I was like, is he going to be a little bit too much? Because the character is very big, and I think he works best in you know small doses. But I mm-hmm. am enjoying kind of his character development. I'm quite mm-hmm. a bit. So I'm hoping that it gets us back to a. a Thor Ragnarok Loki that we can have as a hero moving forward. Yeah. 
So hopefully you have had some time uh, to do some digging on the Loki series via New Rockstars, via uh, Nerdist, via what are our other favorites? Uh, Emergency Awesome, E-Man's Movie Reviews, um, because I have not. So oh, no. <laughs> I, I have some theories, but I'm curious as to how much, you know, how many of my theories sort of overlap with what you've been hearing. In I, I've only done, I have only done the, the two Emergency Awesome ones, and I did them just before we recorded. Perfect. <laughs> so that is what I am coming to this with. Um, and so I go ahead and throw out what you've got and we'll, we'll compare notes. Okay, great. <laughs> uh, I gotta say real quick, I thought episode two, cause we're covering both episodes in this show, right? Right. Episode two and episode three. I thought episode two was fantastic. I thought it upped the, I mean, episode one was great, but it was a lot of exposition. It was setting up the world. And that was so much fun because the world and, and the, the, the 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 um the functions of this world that we were introduced to was so much fun to learn about but right. then episode 2 just sort of like jumped into the story did also did some exposition i feel like we're still going to be getting a lot of that throughout the series cuz there's just so much that they're they're doing um their world building mm-hmm. but um episode 2 felt like it sort of upped the ante uh and then episode 3 for me while well, i still enjoyed it I've talked about before how I feel about most television mm-hmm. uh, and why I gravitate towards movies. And episode three sort of felt to me a little bit like a monster of the week type of episode or like a a land of the week sort of thing. I'm interested to hear your, your take or your reaction. I didn't like the setting. I liked the content we were getting and the character development, but I didn't like the setting. It, it was kind of like... It's like why I stopped watching 24 is because when Kenneth Branagh, not Kenneth Branagh, um, who's the guy from 24? Oh, oh, Kiefer Sutherland. Kiefer Sutherland. When Kiefer Sutherland is um, disarming a nuclear bomb in L.A. And I'm sitting there going, it, it's hour eight. <laughs> We're, he's not going to blow up. I have no nothing invested in this because I am not like we're not going to lose him on this episode. So obviously this bomb that he is diffusing is not mm-hmm. going to go off. So the stakes are really right. low. And I feel right. like that was this episode. Episode three felt like, okay, I understand you're doing this for character development. You're putting them in a dire situation so that they're more likely to spill their true feelings and who they are and, and try and bond. But we know nothing bad's going to happen to them because they've got three more episodes to go. Right. Uh, I think you just broke down why I don't like most television storytelling. <laughs> Holy shit. I never thought about it that way, but that I feel like that really makes a lot of sense for why I just, the stakes are low in television series. And unless you really love the characters and just love spending time with them, nothing bad's going to happen to them, Mm -mm. especially episode to episode. So like with like Scully and Mulder in the X-Files, 
I really liked both those characters. I really liked seeing, for the first time, it felt like for me, seeing these really geeky, horror, sci-fi, comic booky, pulpy stories play out in this television show uh, that I got to watch on Friday nights with my dad. And, and I just liked that. And I knew it was Monster of the Week. I knew we were never going to lose the two main characters, either right. main characters, but that was okay. But I feel like with most television shows, I just, I don't feel that connection. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, it becomes a slog. You know what? Episode three and, and you know, a, I love Loki. <laughs> I really love his character. So obviously, you know, I enjoyed the episode and I'm going to keep watching the show and it's great, but it did re- remind me a little bit of um, the Mandalorian, mm-hmm. which I still haven't finished. I know I'm a bad, I'm a bad geek. I'm a bad geek. I'm sorry. Wow, oh, I, I really liked the Mandalorian. I was for me, it was a appointment viewing. I watched it, you know, every week. Once I got into the show, and and you know, every week I would I would watch the new episode as it came out. Um, but it did remind me of that. Like the, there was a couple of episodes. There was one episode where he 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 travels to this town this small town and you know all these extras have been hired to populate this soundstage <laughs> that has you know it, it, it's they're trying to set up this larger world but it feels very small mm-hmm. um and uh you know they're trying to use this like visual shorthand to say there's this culture that exists on this alien planet or whatever. And it's just for the purposes uh, of, of, you know, the, the main characters to do their thing, to, right. to play out their scenes. And so it felt like that. And I thought it was an interesting choice because it was after the first two episodes, it kind of zigged. And I said, oh, okay, this feels a little more familiar. I see what they're doing here. But obviously the, the heart of the show was the, was of the episode was the interaction between the two Lokis. Right. Right. How did you feel about how different this female Loki is from the Loki that we know. Um, I was fine with it. I feel like, you know, so often in, I mean, you know me, I like variation stories. I like what ifs I like, um, whatever the DC version of it is. Um, else worlds. I, I like, mm-hmm. I liked people to take characters and play with them and, and mix them up and make them different and give them different motivations and see how that changes the character. I think that's part of the actor in me because when I'm doing a show with my kids, I'll, I'll sit there and say, you know, this is the stuff you have to do to be true to the character, but this is the area that you can play to make that character true to you. Mm-hmm. And so I think that's where that enjoyment of like playing with a theme go- comes comes from. And yeah. so I like that idea of, okay, here's a character who's had very different experiences. And so they are very, very different. And what got them there? I think that's part of the kind of intrigue that they're trying to create. How about you? Um, yeah, I, you know, I just, I felt like, they were setting they're setting her up as the protagonist of the show and i i was looking at their interactions as for through that lens and just saying okay so um they're going to spend some time together getting to know each other and then they're going to be separated and then loki's going to gain some insight into sylvie and that's going to help him and the tva maybe you know solve solve the Sylvie problem by the end of the show. Um, but in, in geeking out with Prisma, my friend Prisma last night, 
she's loves Loki. And I said, doesn't it remind you of, um, does it remind you of Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy? And she goes, no, it reminds me of Doctor Who. Ah, yes. And I said, holy shit, you're right. <laughs> and I'm not, I'm not a huge Doctor Who fan. I've seen a few episodes, but I'm Same. not, you know, super familiar with the show. But the minute she said that, I was like, how did I see that? Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. And she's like the, she broke it down for me. She's a huge Doctor Who fan. So she's like the, the, uh, the characters, the humor, the worlds they're setting up, the, w- the way the rules work in the show. She's like, it's all very, very, very Doctor Who. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and she said another thing. She said, Sylvie is the thing that she's missing or the, 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 the main thing that makes her different than Loki that we know is that she didn't have Frigga in her life. Right. She didn't have that motherly presence. Frigga, obviously, and, and we've already sort of seen, you know, uh, um, seen them nod to this in, in Endgame with Thor's arc. She's a major, major, major force in that family and in that culture and in that story. Right. And I love that Loki is also, you know, paying homage to that as well. Um, in the way that they show us that Sylvie, because she didn't have that mother figure, that nurturing figure is very, very different. She's angry. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she has things that she, that are unresolved. She, 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 kills without a fucking second thought right and prisma was like she's got something going on she's trying to figure something out she's trying to process something she doesn't know how to she's angry about it Mm -hmm. and i think and this is prisma saying talking last night i think that loki is going to help her loki is going in helping her he is going to also resolve some things about himself yes and I was like, can you be on the show? <laughs> I'm like, you're, you're, I'm definitely going to share all of this because I'm going to steal all these talking points, but I'm going to give you credit because it just made so much sense to me as she was, as I was listening to her. Right. No, I, I yeah. definitely think that's a good idea. And, you know, Sylvie, and I didn't even put two and two together. Sylvie is the, actually the, um, the name of, I don't think the original Enchantress, but a, a, later version of her you know the the character in all green she's blonde she usually hangs out with um uh oh we saw him in thor ragnarok the executioner (laughs) oh yeah 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 um and so i i'm wondering if she's not going to stay a main character in the universe for a while like I don't know that we're not going to have both of these Lokis running around. I think she may actually become uh, the MCU Enchantress. Well, I've I've heard people say, and I I don't know why, but I tend to agree with this that this show is is Tom Hiddleston's goodbye to the character. Well, it might be, it might be, but I don't I don't know because he hasn't been like. Like some, like I think they've announced now that um, Batista is not going to continue to do Drax after number three, and I understand that because he feels like he is wanting to move on to be more leading role, get re- more leading role parts. He wants to. He wants. He's he's looking for the Vin Diesel Rock properties oh, <laughs> that makes me nervous yeah well i mean it's <laughs> it's his 
it's his choice. Let's hope he makes good um, good choices on what projects he takes because you know the first one out the gate is Snyder's uh, Army of the Dead. So, Joe, um, hold on. You hear this? Listen. Thank you. You hear that? That's me getting out my soapbox, okay? <laughs> Hold on. One second. I got my... Uh, okay, so I'm on my soapbox here. First of all, Bautista, first of all, <laughs> Vin Diesel and The Rock, right? Mm-hmm. Look at those careers. Are those really the careers that you're saying you're aiming for? I now this is this is my assumption. This is not what he's no, saying. Like he is. I get this. it. <laughs> I get it. But it makes total sense. I get why you said that because that's what that's what's you know that that's the bar to aim for. Mm-hmm. And 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 I'm saying, look at where that bar is. <laughs> like, I would say Vin Diesel and Rock don't want the careers that they that they've had. <laughs> None of those, none of those projects have have really panned out, and you know, listeners, correct me if I'm wrong, but it just, you know, I think that one of the smartest decisions that Vin Diesel has made is to keep making these fucking Fast and the Furious movies <laughs> <laughs> because they're his bread and butter. So he can, you know, he can give other things a try, and if flipping pans out, great. But don't, Drax is your bread and butter, man. Yeah. Why? Why would you? You know. <laughs> Why would you do that? You know, I, I, I get it from his point of view. I, I'm sure that that's what's being whispered into his ear by by people. Look at all these other projects you could right. get, which would make you, you know, you'd get the, the star salary, not the supporting character salary. And, um, you know, I, I completely understand wanting to be the, the star, you know, the headliner. But... You know, I, I do hope I think he's a very strong actor and I think he, he needs to I, I, I think he needs to be more picky and choosy about what he he signs up for. But he signed up for already Army of the Dead with Zack Snyder. So to me, it's like, OK, already not headed in the right direction, my friend. Yeah, yeah. Wow. But, okay. but anyway, my whole point to this was you don't really see. I mean, he Tom Hiddleston's not one of the people who is sitting there saying, um, like Anthony Mackie and um, Chris Hemsworth. They're they're saying like you you keep giving me movies and I will stay with you as long as you want to keep hiring me. Um, I don't think he's one of those, but I do think that he's got more Marvel universe in him i don't see him going i'm done okay i he's he's definitely wearing a wig now as loki right maybe <laughs> i see him in interviews and i'm like that hairline is traveling <laughs> backwards, is backwards on his head <laughs> and when you watch the show you're like it first of all it's not and his forehead looks way smaller and i'm like oh yeah he's definitely wearing a wig with an artificial a uh, hairline that's you know that 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 keeps the look consistent from the first Avengers movie. Right. Um, there's a a cosplayer <laughs> on TikTok that I follow. Um, mm-hmm. His his handle is Tom Hiddletwin. And I <laughs> swear to God, dude, down to the hairline, he looks like Tom Hiddleston. He's oh, not, but he looks exact like his his whole internet persona is based on the fact that he looks like tom hiddleston and can like cosplay loki incredibly 
that's see i love it when people discover things like that and just run with it yeah because usually you know it'd be like hey you look like so-and-so Oh yeah, I've heard that. Yeah, no, this man, <laughs> this man has leaned into it. <laughs> yeah, that's great. I love it. Why not have fun with it? Um, so I just want to, I just want to point out a couple of things um, about the story that really had me excited. Um, the idea that you know this this other person causing this havoc in the timeline is is Loki himself. Kind of saw that coming a little bit. Thought it was it's such a cool thing to play with. Um, the fact that they made this other Loki female, I've seen people point out and say, oh, it's, it's an easy way for us to tell them apart instead of having two Tom Hiddleston's like, yeah, but also, you know, in the comic books, they, they explained it in a different way. Um, I hope that they give us a, an explanation for why one of the horns is missing on Sylvie's, um, crown or, or, you know, headdress thing. Right. Uh, I know that's from the comics as well, but I, I hope that they, they, you know, uh, I don't know, explain that to us. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea that Loki is recruited to into the TVA and him and um, Mobius become this sort of like buddy cop duo. That was great. I love that whole scene of how that I was like, oh, cool. We're getting buddy cop. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> like such an odd pairing, and like, but the the whole buddy cop dynamic now is so we we know it so well that it's extremely flexible at this point. You just put two any any two characters together, and you get the buddy cop dynamic. Like you have this this you know god out of time, <laughs> and then this like this time cop, and you put them this two together. Picture. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And and the idea that he has to sit at a desk and actually do this and push paper as well and mm-hmm, do some mm-hmm. real detective work, do some research. And he doesn't really actually come up with his theory until he commits to doing that. Right. Right. Um, and the plan that they, you know, that he uh, discovers of hiding in doomed timelines is I thought it was fucking brilliant. Yeah, that really is kind of crazy. Like even just to have that initial concept as the writers, it's like you guys are crazy creative. I know, right? Fucking, every time I think I want to, you know, write something myself and think of stuff like that and go, oh yeah, I have to be like really good with ideas like yeah, that. Yeah, because it's not the timelines are doomed, but it's the places. So if he's chilling in Pompeii, he can do whatever. The f- how he wants mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and uh, you know it's not going to affect anything because everyone's going to be dead anyway yeah so cool such a good concept agreed uh, let's see what else what was the other one i have some theories but i was trying to think of some other some other really cool ideas that were introduced in the story i'm still not quite sure I get that they set up this like red line as a story device where if the if the variant timeline hits the red line, that's gonna cause another war or total destruction or some kind of abstract thing like that. We don't really know how or why. Right. Um I'm you've convinced me that the TVA is full of shit. Oh yeah, they're absolutely full of <laughs> Oh god, yes. So I'm expecting that at some point before the end of the show, one of these timelines is going to cross that red line and we're going to, we're going to see them call on their bluff. Yeah. Well, I think, I think not only that, but I think that's going to be very close to the ending. I think, I think the ending is going to be at least one, if not multiple of these lines hitting Mm. the red line. And, um, you know, we're going to end on, sorry, we've got multiverses now deal with it. 
And that's where Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness comes in. Right. Well, I think um, that's uh, Spider-Man's first, right? You, I don't know. The t- I think, I think <laughs> Spider-Man's first, and I am so excited about that. I like. I, I am not a huge Spider-Man comic fan. I appreciate the character, but like most characters in the Marvel universe, I I like them when they're teaming up with other people. I like to see that mm-hmm. interaction with with heroes. So solo heroes are not usually my thing. Um, but even watching Homecoming this this week. I'm just like, God, I love this character. God, I love this this <laughs> version of Spider-Man. And the, yeah, the potential of us getting just like all of the Spider-Mans that we've ever had before thrown together makes it feel like we've suffered through Spider-Mans. <laughs> we've we suffered through Spider-Man 3 for a reason. Yep. Oh God. <laughs> Oof. Yeah. So I really time. I really can't see the way this affects that and then I I also watched Doctor Strange this week. I feel like this was a very good week based on what I watched to mm-hmm. um kind of be dealing with Loki because I feel like both of those franchises, Doctor Strange and and Spider-Man are so closely tied to this. It was kind of yeah. nice to get a little preview of it. Yeah, absolutely. Um so interesting how both Loki and WandaVision might be leading directly into the next Spider-Man film, which would lead directly into Doctor Strange. Right. It really is serialized storytelling where, you know, the, the it's like, oh shit, television's fully embraced this serialized format. Great. And then it's, oh shit, Marvel is now doing it with movies in the MCU. That's insane. Mm-hmm. We didn't think that could be done. And now they're like, hold my beer. We're going to do it <laughs> television shows and movies. And someday soon you're going to have to play the video game in order to get this part of the story. Um, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Yeah, it's nuts. I also love the idea. I think you had mentioned that you thought that people the TV in the TVA were clones. You know, it's been con- confirmed or at least suggested by Sylvie that they're actually variants, which I guess is this show's version of a clone. Yeah, yeah, I think they're they're it's been established that these are variants that they have, you know, basically kept out of the timeline and not reset. And there's a suggestion out there that they themselves are constantly being reset because um, there's a suggestion that um, Morbius is it Morbius? Mobius. Mobius. Uh, Mobius has been in that office leaving um, rings for a really, really long time. And that the other agent that she's quote unquote cheating on him with, um, her, her side pieces he's kind of referring to her is just <laughs> another version of him. Right. And then wow. um, there's the theory that the um, snow globe that he acknowledges is actually his like confiscated item. Wow. Yeah, I, I, I also am wondering like we're gonna get Mobius on a jet ski at some point, right? Yeah, and that's what they say that, that either he he sells jet skis or yeah. he is, you know, like he he he. That's why they think that because the, the snow globe is of San Diego, and so they think that that's where he might be from. Oh, okay. Uh, that's so cool. Uh- <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I just, I think that's why episode three, was, while still enjoyable, was, you know, I would give it like a 
a grade of like a B, maybe a B plus mm-hmm. instead of an A. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because it was a lot of them, like you said, running around this this doomed world. Uh, you know, where the stakes weren't really there, but it, it obviously the, the episode was more focused on their interaction and learning from each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, and Loki's still trying to wrap his head around all of this. Uh, and we see how they use their magic, their, their powers differently because she didn't learn magic because she didn't have Frigga there to teach her. Right. Right. Um, again, with another reason why, um, people think that she might become the enchantress is because, um, she has a little bit of that more green power magic Mm -hmm. look, and that's Mm -hmm. very enchantress like. So, um, that's definitely, um, uh, more evidence towards that. They're also, I mean, you can see if you, if you just scratch at the surface, you see how Marvel is constantly planting seeds for future things. I think we got like a Roxxon Corporation reference in episode two, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, like Roxcart. It was the name of the, sh- of the, of the store that they were going. It's, to, it's, to- it's the, it's the Roxxon Walmart. Yes, exactly. Uh, and then um, Lamentus itself is a planet that comes out in the um, Annihilation storyline. Right. Which is pretty fucking cool. When I, when I read that, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah, I, you know, I never read that storyline, but it was massive. It was, I remember everything Marvel being Annihilation for a while. For like months. It was like an entire <laughs> summer. Yeah, and I was like, when are they going to move on from this? Like, pick up an issue. Because that's the worst. Like, I picked up an issue of X-Men in the middle of Executioner's song. Oh, yeah. And you have no idea what's going on. Oh, my God. That, that's <laughs> why That's why I stopped watching the CW DC stuff. Because I fell behind on, I think it was Supergirl. And I hadn't been watching Legends of Tomorrow. And so... I stopped. I have no idea how any of those series are, are going or ending or any of that because I was like, I, I can't catch up on these these series fast enough to make sense of what's going on. So that is one of the problems of crossover. It's, yes, it pulls other readers into other comic books um, or other TV series, but it also pushes some of your, your longstanding people away if they don't feel like they can follow the storyline because they have to rely on all this other material. Yeah, and then also with stories like this that become kind of unwieldy, um, one thing that drives me nuts is the is the fake cliffhangers. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> He's like, "Oh, we're we're at twenty two pages. Okay, uh, let's turn this scene into a cliffhanger for no reason." Right, right. right. Um, I f- actually feel we got a little bit of that in episode three of Loki, where they don't manage to get off the planet. Right. But you know they're going to. You're not like exactly. that's the thing. You know they're going to. There's not a lot of urgency in this episode, even though there's trying for that film. Now the cinematography is pretty cool. Like I saw a shot yes. for shot of that. Um, you know, it's supposed to be one shot where they and, run around and things are exploding and falling. Yeah, and the guy uh, from uh, Emergency Awesome was basically like. Let me show you all the cuts because it's really cool, and I'm going to ruin it for you. Oh, that's great! I want to look that up. Yeah, and he goes through and he shows that he even shows like one of the cuts where they actually don't because most of the cuts are where they have somebody run past the camera so that they can cut it mm-hmm. in the black, or they run past a pillar or something to cut into the black. But there is actually one really hard one to do where they you can see two images of Tom Hiddleston just kind of barely overlapping each other. 
as one fades into the other. It's kind of crazy. It's like mm. if you were a film geek, I'm not really a film geek, but even I thought that was really cool. That's cool. I'm definitely going to watch that video. Um, so one of the theories that I've come across is that Loki is dead. Okay. And that what we're seeing is like his last moments, like in his head and him sort of like going over like all his regrets and like the possibilities of his life and all that stuff. I don't How do you feel about that theory? follow that theory very much at all because I feel like it's pretty much established that this is like wide, like wide existing consequences that mm-hmm. wouldn't just be like the the your life flashing before your eyes as you're being choked out by Thanos. <laughs> well, when you put it that way, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's that, and I've actually I've seen that posted more than one place uh, along with some other theories, but that one keeps coming up. Yeah, and, I feel uh, I feel guilty for like I feel like I'm I'm the well actually guy when I do this, mm-hmm. but. And maybe it's the English teacher slash theater teacher in me that's kind of like basic story structure, people. Like that that theory there cannot be real. Like, like they can't work. <laughs> like, like use the context clues. That's not that's not what's happening. So have have we has it been confirmed, Joe, that uh, it's not a good thing to get zapped by the TVA. You don't actually get reset to your timeline, you 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 vanish. No, they haven't they haven't an they haven't. Are you sure? Yes, because um, in in one of the the videos I was watching, they were saying something about like resetting the people, and and how they were kind of freeing them from their servitude in the TVA. So I still, I'm not saying that you guys are wrong for thinking that it like kills them or destroys them, but I do think that it's not as simple as just like them disintegrating into nothing I, like like they wouldn't call it just resetting i mean although they do call they do talk about pruning pruning timelines but mm-hmm. i feel like that's what they do with the the um i you know i don't know at this point but i don't yeah. feel like there's there's enough context there and especially since they've got all these people running around that we now know or have been pulled from various timelines mm-hmm. i feel like just killing them kind of minimizes the impact of them not being in their timeline. Yeah. Okay. Another theory. Okay. Um, the person, the real timekeeper is actually an older future version of Loki. And that's, who's actually pulling the strings behind the TVA. I don't think it is because I think there's too much evidence leading towards um, Kang the Conqueror, because one of the leaked images for the ne- you know for the next episode is mm-hmm. um, is Mobius driving a car in Egypt, and if you follow the Marvel universe, the Sphinx in Egypt is actually uh, Immortus's. Um, spaceship from the future and he goes back in time and becomes a pharaoh and tries to manipulate history as a pharaoh in you know out of his timeline and that's the same character that eventually becomes Kang the Conqueror. Huh. 
So that was definitely one of the, hey, this this leaked, it wasn't supposed to, and now he's, you know, because it was like pulled yeah. um, after it was leaked. And so um, the fact that they're in Egypt and the fact that Egypt has such a connection to Kang, I think Kang has a major, has something major to do with the timekeepers, especially since a lot of the imagery of that central timekeeper looks like Kang. Right. But we don't know that yet. We don't know what Kang looks like in the MCU. Not in the MCU, no. But right, it, right, right. but but very much parallels Kang in the comics. But there's more than one timekeeper, right? Mm-hmm. So it, could, it wouldn't just be Kang. Right. But anytime they show that central character, there's like especially when um that I forget the character's name, the one played by Gugu don't remember her last name. Oh God, that's such a great character. Yeah, um, who apparently has some sort of relationship with Kang the Conqueror in the comics. Right, right, right. Um, when she's sitting in front of it at the like the judges stand, um, the the face is trisected exactly like Kang's is. Mm. Okay, I can't wait. I get so excited when the first thing she does when she hits the fan is look at her old weapon. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, cool. yes. <laughs> <laughs> She's gonna come back to lay the smackdown on some fools. Yeah. I, um, I, I feel with Loki, I'm I'm not I'm I'm a, I'm along a little bit more for the ride than I was for definitely for WandaVision. Mm-hmm. And a little bit you know, I was a little less conspiracy theory in um Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and I don't know if that's just because I know more about those properties than I do about kind of the Thor Loki universe. Right. Right. Um, but on this one, I'm not, I'm, I'm kind of like, I do have the idea of, okay, I know Kang's going to be a big thing in Ant-Man and the Wasp, but maybe this is where they introduce him. And I do know a little bit about what's going on here and there, but I feel like it's such a big scoping conspiracy already that I'm kind of like, all right, I just need more information before I can start. Mm-hmm. figuring out exactly where this is supposed to be going. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, you're right though. I, I'm along for the ride as well. I'm not as like hungry to know every single thing because the Loki and the world they're building is so much fun to just spend time with. Right. And besides, we all know that it's manifesto anyway. So, <laughs> Oh my God. I love uh, the, the whole, you know, they're kind of playing with us with that. With that stained glass, uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, then, did you see somebody released a, a title um, pick of Falcon and the Winter Soldier? But it was Mephisto and the Winter of Mephisto. Yes, I love absolutely. it. Love it. Love, um, it, love it. And I re- one, one thing I really liked about Episode Three was the way we got to see how each of these different Loki variants uh, go about achieving their goals. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. Sylvie is much more uh, blunt force. You know, kind of like just fucking tear shit up and get what you need. And Loki is more sort of like, let's play a trick. Mm-hmm. Let's, you know, very um, uh, Captain America in the elevator scene in Endgame, you know, where right. rather than take on all these people in this big battle, which is what Sylvie would do, 
just sort of a quick, you know, whisper of Hail Hydra, and he walks out without, you know, being able to avoid the conflict and still accomplish his goals. Right. Well, and, you've also and, got her, who's got this kind of like overarching plan, is really kind of very thoughtful in every move that she's going to make, and he's very improvised. He's just kind of like, I'm just going to go with the moment. It's going to be fine. I don't think there's anything I love more in these shows than when Loki gets called on his bullshit. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I'm like, he's just pulling that out of his ass. And you realize, <laughs> oh, he does that a lot. He's constantly doing that. Oh, actually. yeah. Oh, yeah. That's like, that is that is his MO. <laughs> and then even when he's caught, he doesn't quite fess up. He's still kind of like, he still pivots from that. Even getting caught for him is like an opportunity to pivot and like more bullshit. Yeah. It's great. That's why Mobius was such a good, uh, uh, is such a good uh, um, fight. Foil foil for him and then here we have sylvie who's also a foil for him but a very different way than mobius yeah so do you think oh go ahead no you go ahead do you think by the end of the show um loki's gonna come around to sylvie's point of view and team up with her against the tva i think they are going to um i think they're both gonna tie um team up against the tba i think you're going to find that mobius is also going to team up with them against the tba I do think- you think mobius knows that he's a variant no uh no that's the thing i think i think when they figure out what's going on behind the tba there's gonna be this weird kind of um situation that they get themselves into that's like the TVA is terrible and it's causing all these problems. It's taking away people's free will, Mm -hmm. but there's going to be this aspect of them that reality needs to survive. And so they're going to end up blowing it away at the end of the series. And that's Mm going to be the problem that has to be fixed in the next in Spider-Man and, and Dr. Strange. Well, one of the things that confused me was, was, isn't there already a multiverse yeah i mean that's why that's why from day one i'm like well this is bs because there has to be a multiverse because we've talked about it like it's been mentioned yeah exactly um and uh, although i it's man this timeline shit is confusing because if you think about endgame and you think about banner's conversation with the ancient one she does it sounds like she's describing a sacred timeline. Uh-huh, uh-huh. She says this timeline, and it's the, the the you know really like thicker, like white, glowy line. And then she goes, when you know uh, when you make a change, you create this variant, basically, and it's destructive. And you need to go, but you need to go back and undo that. It kind of sounds very similar to what they were the TVA was describing. Right. I I think. This is going to be used eventually to create Secret Wars because, again, Secret Wars was all about realities collapsing in on each other. Mm-hmm. And basically, the the Illuminati, which is all the, the big brains of the Marvel Universe, coming together to kind of like swat these other realities out of the air so that they don't impact the main 616 timeline. And... Um, and eventually they just had to just squish them all together and re- if, reboot it all. Listen, if anyone in the MCU television show or movie ever refers to the main timeline as 616, I'm going to lose my shit. <laughs> I'm going to geek the fuck out if that happens. If we get that, if we get a 616, an actual 
six one six, you know, reference. Or well, they've made they've made little references here and there about six one six and little little like Easter eggs, but the MCU is not the six one six timeline. Oh shit, that's right. Yeah, the comic book universe is the six one six timeline. Right. the The MCU is its entirely own coded timeline. Six one nine. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, <laughs> uh, that's right. Oh, I love that. Um, so, okay. Do you think that Ravana, played by Gugumbatha Raw, do you think that she knows that they're variants? No. And now that she's been promoted to a judge, she's kind of judges are let in on the secret, and they have to like replay their part to reinforce the lie. No, I think she's fully drunk, drank the Kool-Aid, and I think she doesn't know what's going on, and I think that you're going to find out that Kang the Conqueror is one of the Time Lords, and he is manipulating her more than anybody else. And Be that- careful, Joe. Mm-hmm. Be careful. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I'm getting strong Mephisto vibes from your King <laughs> Conqueror theories. I, I understand that. And again, I'm not going to be – that's the thing. I'm not tied to this. I'm not going to be like <laughs> table flipping when it's not King the Conqueror. Right. But, okay. but she already has so many ties in the comic books to him. Like she has romantic yeah. ties to him. So I think that you're kind of getting that man, like prime manipulated character – Mm-hmm. vibe from her where she's really bought into whatever she's been sold and she's she's more of a victim than anybody else because she's not only um the victim like mobius is but she is also part of the lie that like she's forcing other people to have to live the lie okay so it makes the character that much more tragic yeah yeah all right. Um, anything that I that I that you gleaned from from Emergency Awesome that I've missed? No, but there is one conversation that I do want to go into really quickly, and that is the Loki sexuality gender conversation. Oh, yeah, we had Let's some of those that. on Slack, and Loki is in both the comic books and mythology and the MCU both gender fluid and um, and I would go so far as to say pansexual. Mm-hmm. Um, and people are like, oh, isn't this great? Oh, this is representation. Oh, this is wonderful. And I am, I am walking a very, very fine line here because I do not want to, um, devalue anybody who is bisexual or pansexual. Um, but it is often used as an easy out for, people in the film and television industry to not commit to a queer character. Huh? Because not only do you not see any actual evidence of this, but like, it's just, it's just, it's like mentioned. And now that we've mentioned it, we don't have to ever talk about it again. Right. Right. And, and so, like if you saw him interacting with people of both genders, um, in you know, then 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 what was that? That would be fucking great. Yeah, well, and it would it would reinforce that you know this is actually how the character feels. Or exactly. if 
the Loki that we are used to switched switched into a female form and um, and interacted with uh, somebody in a legitimate way, not just a I'm messing with you way, but an actual I'm having a relationship with you way. All right, well that suggests um, gender gender fluidity, but it right. doesn't necessarily like you don't get points for just mentioning it and moving on. In my right. opinion. And again, right. I'm trying not to devalue the fact that there are plenty of people who identify as bisexual and are in um, heterosexual relationships uh, or you know, uh, opposite sex relationships. That doesn't mm-hmm. that doesn't delete their bisexuality just because the partner that they have settled with is of a different gender. It doesn't mean that they are not still attracted to people of the same gender. Um right. So I'm not trying to devalue anybody of a different sexuality or or gender, but I feel as far as repre- representation goes, it's a very easy out without backing up your claims. It's like we can mention it and then move on. And until we see an actual um, same-sex relationship or an actual character that is transgendered or an actual character like that – that is a little bit more concrete and can't just be skirted around. Um, I still don't feel like we've got representation. Right. Some sort of loving existing relationship, some sort of uh, intimate or, or, you know, um, a dynamic that shows you that the, this, the, this identity applies to the character's whole life and existence, not just a line or two <laughs> in a scene, a quippy line and then moving on. Right. And a lot of people are like, well, isn't that what you want? You want it to be not like the crux of this character. Oh, this character's whole identity is their sexuality. Yeah, step and five or 10. That's not step one. Right. Well, and, and, but not only that, but it's, it's like, yes, but you can't use that as an excuse to skirt around the subject. Right. You know, exactly. I mean, we're we, we've I think people in the queer community have accepted that we're not going to get a actual fully realized gay character until we get a Wiccan Hulkling relationship or until they introduce Iceman. And I think mm-hmm. we're all just kind of like holding our breath until then, which is yeah. stupid because Thor is pansexual. Valkyrie is pansexual. Like, yeah. there's just already so many characters. Apparent, apparently, um, uh, Star Lord is bisexual. That's never going to be realized on the film, um, right? Because of who's yeah, playing him. Exactly. So you know, it's it, it's ridiculous. But we're waiting for those two characters because those are the two characters that are or the three characters that are going to come into the story, and they're probably going to add North Star just because. Well, we have to have a gay character, and he was one of the first. So there, that's the whole reason for this character to be in the story, and that's what we're hoping is not going to happen, but are a little afraid is going to. Yeah. What, what I love about this is that people are staying critical mm-hmm. and you know, you can love a thing and you can be happy for the steps taken and you can still be calling for the, the further steps that need to be taken. Right. And I do like, know that people are like, well, don't, aren't you thankful that they've done this? And I'm like, yes, but you can't just stop at that. And this exactly. is, this is, this is a hollow gesture in this point until you follow up with something else. Exactly. It's not just a box that you check and then you move on. Right. 
And I love that. I love that idea of staying critical. Many things can exist at the same time. You can love a thing and be critical of it mm-hmm. because you love it. You can celebrate the good things. And, and, you know, the worst thing you can do about celebrating the good things is to ignore the bad things because you think that that's what being a fan is or that's, you know, that's what appreciation is. No, it's not, right? Yeah. Like loving something can show many, can can be shown in many different ways. And one of them is to, uh, you know, maintain expectations and, and be critical. Yeah. And one, I mean, one of the big things that they're, that they've got to be very careful of is there is this hint of queer baiting, which is the idea of an advertising kind of hinting at the fact that two characters may be um, in a gay relationship of some sort, a queer relationship, and then never following up on it. And I mean, a lot of people, claimed that that was part of the problem with Falcon and the Winter Soldier. And a lot of people are like, well, can't you just let bros be bros and have that bromance and not have it be about sexual relations? And it's like, well, yeah, you can, but you also can't, you know, you can't put them where their legs are like right intertwined (laughs) with one another and have them staring deeply into each other's eyes and not go, "Mm, there's something going on here. Like, it's just not it's not the right approach. So mm-hmm. yes, there can be good bro relationships. And I think there's a lot of examples of that already at the MCU. It's time to start going, okay, what other relationships have we not explored? Let's give some time to them. Yeah. A wink and a nod does not cover your bases. <laughs> Representation. No, <laughs> I can tell, especially, especially with, with the queer community, we have been doing winks and nods through history. <laughs> <laughs> it means something completely different than you think it means. <laughs> oh shit! Um, cool. All right. Is All there right. anything we missed that you want to go over with Loki? Um, not really. And I, I'm looking at the time, and I know you've got a meeting in five minutes. So let's wrap this up so that you can get to what you need to do for today. <laughs> um, Next week, we are... I don't know what we're covering next week. Um, Bray and I have to sit down at some point and figure out how we're going to podcast. He's going to be out of town. I'm going to be out of town. Yeah, no kidding. I'm really trying to stick to this not missing a week, guys. But I'm going to tell you, this next three weeks is going to be really challenging with me on the road. So you just have to be patient with us. And we're going to do the best we can. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, like that, uh, I, I appreciate that you're... You're more sensitive to my schedule than I am. I'm like, let's keep talking Loki, man. Uh, you know, is there anything else? I want to keep geeking out with you. And you're like, Ray, you have a thing. Yeah, you have a thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. I forgot. You're, okay. I'll understand if I'm five minutes late to that. No, no, they won't. Um, yeah. Right. But you and I will talk off, yes. uh, off mic. We'll figure it out. Um, maybe we'll... Maybe we'll we'll record some podcasts before <laughs> this weekend. I don't know. Either that or or you know, I just we just have to sit down and look at our our, our recording times may change, but we'll talk about yes. it. Yes. Okay. All right. Sounds good. All the music in this episode is by Ben Sound and is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the geek to geek Network. Check out other geek to geek shows, the geek to geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, and sometimes Rob, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and As the Dice Roll. 
Also check out our Twitch streamers, Capsule J, Bamashox, and Troidal Power, and make sure to join us in Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time. You can currently find us at geektitude.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geektitude.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at geektitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? You can find me in a work meeting for the next hour, but <laughs> after that, you can find me on social media at RayVargus3. I spend most of my time on Twitter and Instagram. I'm also still haunting the face, the old Facebook stomping grounds. Um, if you want to look at my artwork, you can go to RayVargus3.com. Awesome. All right, folks, that's it for us this week. Uh, keep an eye on the... S- Geektitude Slack channel and the Discord, um, the Geek to Geek Discord um, live stream channels to see when we're doing our Marvel rewatches. I'm aiming for like a day of, I think the Saturday the 3rd, we're going to do like both Avengers Infinity War and Avengers Endgame just because I got to get it done before we leave. And it's going to be an epic day of Marvelness. So uh, keep an eye out for those times and locations. And that's it. Um, Until next week, keep it geek. 